Palmer Bear on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmer Bear. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessedsunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group, your open space specialists at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along. Monday night, we do talk uh, the world of tennis. Uh, Brett Phillips uh, with you. Happy to take your calls uh, tonight. Another big week on the tour. Plenty happening domestically. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Or you can get us on the Tennis Direct text, 0433981116. Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery. Magnificent prices. Free delivery on orders if you uh, get over $150. Just go to their website tennisdirect.com.au right now. First serve listeners can get a 10% discount store-wide. So one 736 736 Plenty in the prize cabinet uh, tonight, Mickey, haven't we? We have got a lot, uh, thanks to uh, Sunblessed Sunscreens, their uh, first serve uh, tennis sunscreen uh, we have to give away, uh, designed specifically uh, for tennis. You can order yours at sunblessedsunscreens.com.au using the discount code SEN. Also, thanks to Australia's uh, hype sneaker label, Athletican, available exclusively online at athletikan.com. Use the discount code FIRSTSERVE15 for 15% off your choice of a pair of sneakers to the value of $129. So get involved with us, one 736 736 or on the text 0433981116. How good is it to walk in tonight when an Australian has won on the tour? And it was Astra Sharma who got the job done earlier today. We're going to hear from Astra in just a moment. What a win for the Western Australian. She's very likeable, probably one of the most articulate, uh, well-spoken uh, young people that I've uh, come across in tennis. I, I caught up with Astra at Wimbledon uh, two years ago. When you have a 23-year-old who describes Wimbledon and throws in the word pomp, uh, it's almost like she was 23 going on uh, 43. But her tennis over the last week has uh, given us a bit of optimism because we've got a number of young Australian female players who have got potential. And I put a little asterisk next to Astra Sharma. I put one next to Storm Sanders because they're the two this year that could maybe leapfrog quite a few. Two, six, seven, five, six, one. The sixth different player this season to win their first title. She gets past the top seed on Jabir, who uh, had a terrific week. She was also aiming to win her first title, the uh, Tunisian. Second final, of course, for Astra after she lost in Bogota a couple of uh, years ago to uh, Amanda Anasimova, the American. Won 61% of return points in that final set to complete a magnificent turnaround, a love service hold uh, to finish. And if you think about her week, she defeated uh, Zhang from China in the first round, 6-4-6-2. Madison Bringle, that was an extraordinary match. I actually couldn't look at one stage. 6-4-4-6-7-5. So she had the game in her safekeeping. 4-1 up in the second. Then she was 1-4 down and gone on the canvas in the deciding set and somehow came back and won 7-5. Then she takes on this really impressive 15-year-old, 15 if you don't mind, uh, Fruvratova from the Czech Republic, 
who's gone up to 361 in the world already at just the age of 15, got past her, and then defeated the uh, uh, lady with four names, Maria Camilla Osario Serrano uh, from uh, Colombia, who won the previous week on the WTA Tour. She's already at 117 in the world at just 19. And she got past her and then got past Ons Jabeur. Let's have a listen to Astra Sharma, who spoke uh, post-match today. It was worth getting up to watch. The Western Australian win her first WTA title. From Vanderbilt University, an NCAA star, and now you're holding your very first WTA singles title. So come up and get that trophy, and we would love to hear from you. Very well deserved, Astra. And now we'd love to hear a few words from the Aussie. Firstly, uh, thank you to MUSC Health and Charleston Tennis. Uh, this has been an amazing event. I've really enjoyed playing here. Um, I want to say thank you to all the physios, especially Lisa and Anna, who have been, as you can see, patching me up every day with these really complex tape jobs. I haven't made their life easy, so thank you. Um, I'd like to thank my team behind the scenes who couldn't be here, but Thank you to Cliff, Jen, and special mention to Jeff McDonald, my coach, who has believed in me from day one. And um, thank you so much. This is, this is for you. Um, I'd like to thank the tournament staff, uh, everyone from transport, food, practice court bookings. Uh, this week has been so easy to, to play here. It's just been unreal. Again, special mention to Ben and uh, Ada, who actually warmed me up for my match today. Thank you so much. I was, uh, I was really uh, not in a good spot if they didn't help me like that. So thank you for going above and beyond. Um, and lastly, uh, thank you to my friends and family uh, all over the world who have been uh, watching me, my parents, my poor parents waking up at 2 a.m. to follow. And uh, I'm just so grateful for all the love and support everyone has shown me these last few days and weeks and really my whole career and I can't thank you every day but I can thank you right now with this one opportunity so far so thank you again. Indeed uh, well spoken Astra Sharma articulate uh, just a really popular figure at any tournament she goes to and uh, it was a great week for uh, for Astra. Just on an Australian note of that tournament back-to-back uh, -back weeks in Charleston of course uh, Isla Tomlanovich who I've got to say, just frustrates me, to be totally honest. She ended up losing to uh, this young 18-year-old from Denmark who's been a winner on the uh, WTA Tour this year, uh, Clara Towson, who is going to be a star. Had to retire, unfortunately, against Osoria Serrano there in the quarterfinals. But, gee, Isla could have gone a lot deeper. Hasn't made a quarterfinal at a WTA event, I think, for about two or three years now. Storm Sanders, we've written a little piece on thefirstserve.com.au today. She's tracking beautifully. Up to about 165 in the rankings. So the growth has been there this year. Not her week last week, but uh, of course teamed up with Ellen Perez, our runner-up in the doubles of uh, that particular tournament. So that is Astra Sharma. Well done to Astra. We are going to catch up with her during the week. The time difference uh, made it uh, a little hard to uh, get her on the show live uh, tonight. We will certainly catch up with her uh, via the wonderful Zoom technology that we've become used to in the past uh, 12 to 18 months. And we'll have that on all our socials uh, during the week. So make sure you're following us on either Facebook, Twitter or uh, Instagram. And we'll bring a bit of that on the show uh, next uh, Monday night. So uh, that is a great result for Astra Sharma. Just before we go to your calls, let's uh, touch on Monte Carlo first. Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas wins Monte Carlo. Uh, what a week. I watched a lot of Monte Carlo. It's hard. It's a bit like watching the Tour de France. 
I mean, you could sit down and just watch this tournament and be captivated by the view. The Mediterranean on one side, the hills on the other side. The Monte Carlo Country Club, one of the most picturesque, if not the most picturesque uh, tennis setting on the tour. No crowds, which was totally bizarre because they get great attendance. But Prince Albert uh, was there in the Royal Box uh, today uh, watching on. He was there for the presentation ceremony. This is going to become a great rivalry, I think, Pass and Rublev. He's just gone ahead, the Greek, 4-3. Their matches uh, have generally been titanic struggles. Today was pretty straightforward for uh, Stefanos, uh, winning comfortably, uh, 6-3, 6-3. Let's have a quick listen as he wins, well, his second most prestigious tournament after the ATP finals a couple of years ago. Stefanos, it feels like you've been building towards this moment for a very long time. It's a first Masters 1000 title. What does it mean to you, this moment? An unbelievable week in Monte Carlo, and uh, I can't describe uh, the feelings right now. I'm overwhelmed by so many different emotions and uh, nostalgia. Uh, it's it's incredible that I'm able to uh, to be in the position I am, and um, I think uh, we both deserve being in the final and, and put out a, an amazing fight, an amazing show uh, for the few people that came to watch. But uh, just generally, like I, I would consider it as the week of my life so far. Yeah, you and Andre are the only players on tour with more than 20 wins between you. How well is he playing out, uh, out there today and how tough is he to beat these days? I knew he was going to be a very difficult opponent to face and there was a lot of nerves uh, coming into that match. Uh, I've played him in the past. You know, he we always want to bring the best out of us uh, when play, uh, facing each other. So playing Andre was a very difficult uh, uh, thing to do today, uh, considering also that it was a final and, you know, I think there's extra... Um, extra stress and extra um, importance in the match that we had to play. So definitely um, just, uh, just proud of, of, the, of the way I, I managed to, uh, uh, to behave and uh, be out on the court today. Yeah, and, and it obviously gets that first Masters 1000 title under your belt, gives you a massive boost, doesn't it, as we get into this really busy clay court swing now? Uh, for, of course, uh, clay, court started, uh, clay court season couldn't, stand, couldn't start uh, better, and uh, it's, it's, it's the best thing right now, winning my first uh, Masters 1000, and uh, it's even more special doing it here on home soil, Monte Carlo, and uh, doing it on clay, which is my favourite surface. Well done. Enjoy it. Thank you. Uh, we like listening to Stefano Sitsipas. He's got a, a wise head on those very young uh, shoulders. A week where Andre Rublev uh, knocked over Rafael Nadal. He's admired Nadal from a distance for a long time. So that was a big tick. You feel like he's going to win a Masters 1000 possibly this year, Rublev. The best performed of the men, 24-5, and five, the win-loss. Sitsipas closing the gap, 22-5, and five, the win-loss. Medvedev, of course, a tough week with uh, contracting COVID. Uh, 17 and 3. And Dan Evans is the other story of Monte Carlo. Sadly, won a game on clay. Paul Aiken, if you're listening in tonight, you are an unabashed fan of Dan Evans, the former bad boy of British tennis, more known for dust ups off the tennis court. He got his act together. He was suspended for 12 months, as we know. He's come back, no ranking. About two and a half years ago. Right now he sits at world number 26 and he knocked out the world number one Novak Djokovic during the week. It was extraordinary. He plays such a, an appealing brand of tennis, Dan. He chips, he slices, he, he's just, his court coverage is terrific. Uh, so runner up in the doubles as well. Uh, Dan Evans, it's been an incredible recovery uh, for a, a guy that um, has uh, done a lot of uh, great things in the last uh, two years. Uh, one 736 736 
I did want to uh, just jump on a call here with Michael Sexton, who's involved and sent me an email a number of weeks ago, uh, of course, with a tennis club here in Melbourne, St Monica's Mooney Ponds. Uh, Michael, really appreciate you coming on the first serve tonight. No worries, Brett. Thanks for getting back to me and uh, appreciate the prize that I won. The tennis rackets are uh, getting a pounding. So. Beautiful. Uh, hitting them nicely out of the strings? Yes, thanks. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you did send me some correspondence a few weeks ago. It's been a tough year, uh, 2020, obviously, for a lot of clubs. Uh, you know, Tennis clubs are shutting down. St Monica's are part of the North Suburban Junior Tennis Association, massive club here in Melbourne. Can you just give us a little snapshot Michael, of how the numbers have been this year and, and on the back of last year when, when many couldn't actually pick up a racket. Yeah, Brett. So, yeah, so I basically just sent you that email just to say, you know, it may be a good topic worth discussing, just the, the drop-off in numbers. And our club's just a small club in a very large association. And, like, our club went from seven teams down to five teams, which, you know, it doesn't seem like a big drop, but still that's, you know, probably 15 kids that, aren't playing tennis anymore. There's some other big clubs that went from, and I won't name them, but they went from 14 teams to eight teams and 13 teams to seven teams. I actually did the numbers. So in the first season in 2020, so we have two seasons, you know, one in the first half, one in the second half of the year. So the the first season of 2020, which got cut off halfway through, but there was 316 teams in the association. And, Season two obviously didn't get going. And then this year, there's 280 teams. So that's a drop of 36 teams and equates to about 250 players. That's 250 kids that are no longer playing tennis. Um, What are the reasons? I don't know. It It could be financial. You know, people went through a lot of hard times. We're obviously... In this area, we're close to the airport. They, you know, there could be parents that are, you know, worked in the in the, the airline industry, um, and they obviously and they may not be able to afford to do it. Kids just, you know, seem to drop off and not get back into it. But it's just, yeah, to think that 250 kids that were playing a year ago are no longer playing. I'm not sure what can be done to try and get them back, but hopefully something. Okay, so we had that sort of correspondence back what, a month and a couple, of, I think it was almost a couple of months yeah. ago. So has that improved at all since we had that correspondence? Well, I'll be able to tell you in a few weeks because we'll be out putting out our asking for who's playing in season two, radio. So we'll start, we'll be starting to put teams in for season two. Yep. And yeah, hopefully that, that some of them come back. But, you know, and a lot of things, once they stop, it's hard to, hard to get them back. So... Um, we're hoping that, you know, we can... Well, well, one of the things we're hoping to is to at least get a new team in and hope that, you know, some of the new ones coming through, that they're looking for something to do, that will start from the bottom again and build the teams up again. But some of the top teams... Um, okay. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. We, but we'll know more in a few weeks when we start <laughs> trying to put teams together for next season. Anything Tennis Victoria can do here to help the cause? Well, I think, I suppose... Tennis Victoria are quite good in helping with, you know, um, if there's open days and things like that you want to want to promote. And that's the thing that our club's looking at doing is, you know, we're looking, working with our coach and looking to, with the, you know, we actually happen to be part of a school. So, um, you know, they're doing promotions with that. They actually, the school uses the courts for different tournaments and that. So, yeah, we're, we're trying our hardest to try and, you know, market it as much as we can. But unfortunately, and... You know, tennis isn't the only sport. I know it's happened to lots of other sports where, where that's the case. Yep. I know one big area, and you may know, I know you've been involved with a football club, but umpiring is just 
has dropped off dramatically in, you know, leagues are finding it hard. So I think it's an overall thing, but I just thought with tennis, with 250 kids, and that's just one association, you know, in Victoria, how many kids are there that are no longer playing tennis? Yeah, no, really, uh, really, really uh, tough situation. Hey, Michael, we'll keep in touch on this one. Uh, Really appreciate you having the chat. No worries, Brett. Thanks for getting in touch. Good on you, Michael. Thank you for that. Let's go to John in uh, Kensington. Uh, John, welcome to the first serve. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. I, look, I've been watching, as you know, I'm an unabashed uh, Sinner fan, and I, I believe he'll be number one one day. But I was watching, I was really interested to see how he'd come back after he uh, he lost the final of the Hercats in Miami, which I thought he should have won. But I thought he was shooing to win that, to be honest. But um, but I just think he's the type of player that goes for it no matter what, and that's a really good quality to have. But sometimes it goes against you. But I, as you know, Clay's favourite server, so I was really interested to see the second round how he'd go against Dokovic. And I must say, I watched that whole match, and I've never seen Docker play as good on Clay as he did against Sinner, because Sinner really took it up to him, broke yeah. him and three times, and he played really, really well. So I really thought after he beat Sinner like that, that he was going to go on and win it. And then, amazingly... I saw him play, and he admitted it himself. That's the worst game he's ever played against Dan Evans on clay. You know, it was just such a form reversal for a, a number one. You know, I've never seen Dokovic go down like that, like he did against Evans, you know. I yeah. thought Evans did well, but I thought Dokovic played terrible in that match, considering how well he played to Sinner, because I was really yeah. looking for, I'll tell you what my aim was, to see Sinner mm. go up against Titsipas, who he's beaten many times on, a couple of times on clay. Would have been, so, uh, would have been a great matchup. Hey, John, thank you. Uh, yeah, Sinner, I mean, he ran into Djokovic first match back since the Australian Open, so he was, uh, he was primed and ready to go, Novak, on uh, home soil, as many players call uh, Monte Carlo, uh, the tax haven uh, for so many, not just uh, tennis players, so probably the wrong time to get Djokovic, but losing to Evans, although Stefano Tsitsipas not buying into the injury card or not uh, feeling so well card that uh, Novak uh, landed. Uh, Paul Aiken, you are listening tonight. Never jumped off the Evans bandwagon. He brings something different. His backhand slice was masterful against Djokovic. It was. He's different. We love a point of difference. Thank you, PA. Nice work by you. Uh, Zach on the Tennis Direct text. How far can Astra Sharma go? Could she reach top 40? It's a long way at the moment. Uh, 120 where she sits, 40. Um I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure yet. <laughs> our, our Australian female players have got talent. And the thing I did like about Astra during the week is she dug deep. Because on clay, you've got to earn the points, don't you? You've got to fight and scrap and play, you know, 20-point rallies at times. It's not easy to win on the clay. And she had some moments where I, I couldn't look. I was that nervous watching Astra play. And then she get into a magnificent groove. The kick serve is a huge advantage that she has. If you can get free points off your serve, which Ash Barty can do serving in double figures, you can actually go somewhere in this game. So that's the point of difference where Astra might be able to get a bit of an edge. I just want to see her at least consolidate inside the top 100. She got to 85. Let's get back there first, and then we'll see what happens. I think 40 is a big stretch uh, right now. A quick break. Plenty to come. The first serve, your home of tennis. All thanks to Hume Tennis and Community Centre. It's one of Australia's premier tournament and training venues. Just 15 minutes from Melbourne Airport. 16 itf size courts and accommodation available. A mini Melbourne park. It's ideal for the travelling coaching groups and families. Check out humetennis.com.au First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis at sunblessunscreens.com.au and GLG Green Life Group. 
your open space specialists. Providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve Monday night. Brett Phillips in the chair. One three hundred seven three six seven three six or on the uh, tennis direct text oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, special guest coming up in just a moment. But Karen in Sunshine first. Welcome, uh, Karen. Hi there. Um, I'm just wondering if you know where Ash Bradley is at the moment. I know she won Miami and went yes. down to South Carolina. She's in Stuttgart. She's caught the Learjet yeah. and she has got the bye in the first round of uh, Stuttgart, and she will definitely play a German. That is uh, absolutely certain, uh, Karen, as I scramble through. I brought a tree in here uh, tonight. Here we go. She will play either uh, Laura Sigmund or uh, Mona Bartle, who is the qualifier who got through. So that'll be Ash Barty's opponent in the second round. I'm just looking down the field. It's a good field too. Halep, uh, Kennan, Svitolina, Sabalenka, Pliskova, Kvitova and Bencic. So that's a pretty strong field for... Uh, for Stuttgart, WTA 500. So the program from here, Ash will play Stuttgart. She'll play Madrid, uh, likely Rome, and then into Roland Garros. Karen, how do you reckon she'll go? Oh, I reckon she'll win. <laughs> she'll definitely win the French. Definitely win the French. I like the yeah, confidence. Which one last year? Well, two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 219. Yeah, didn't get back to defend her title uh, last year, but she'll, she'll love getting back to uh, Roland Garros. And let's hope. By that stage, end of May, some crowds can come through and uh, cheer on the players. Thank you, Karen. Always great to have you on the show. We mentioned last week the Australian uh, Junior Clay Court Championships, which were held up in Canberra. The under-12s, uh, the under-14s. I am told the best spoken when she received her trophy was my next guest tonight, Talia Kokinas. She's from Queensland, just 12 years of age. She claimed the under-12 Australian Junior Clay Court Championship title in the final 6-3-6-1. Talia, it's great to have you making your debut on the first serve. Thank you. What a thrill to win a trophy uh, last week. Uh, tell us about your week in Canberra. Oh, so it was very memorable. Um, at the start, we actually didn't think we were going to play the Nationals because of quarantining and COVID and everything like that and border restrictions. Yep. So I was always sad and everything, thinking that I wasn't going to go to the Nationals. And then on the last day, we ended up realising that it was actually on and that Queenslanders were allowed to go. So I was very excited. But we had just recently um, cancelled our flight. So then we had to drive there and our car wasn't 100% because our engine wasn't oh, like no. It was overheating. So we weren't even sure we were going to make it there. And then, well, at the end, we somehow made it there, which was great. And then I went to Canberra, and it was amazing. I really enjoyed the atmosphere there. Wow, um, what a journey. The people there were very nice, yeah. And I was able to come with my whole family, so it felt like home, there. it was really great. And then all the people I played throughout the tournament were very good players. They were, um, I found them very respectful and, yeah. like, great sports. And they're people I've actually never played before, so it was a great experience me and um, during my matches I actually got an abdominal strain in my stomach so I actually didn't know like um, people told me that I might not be able to play the tournament so then I was very sore and I was somehow getting through my matches well I tell, you, then what, the, I tell yeah. you what border troubles uh, car <laughs> troubles abdominal yeah. troubles and you've held the trophy fantastic thank you 
Oh, that's uh, that's amazing. You, you come from a, an incredibly uh, talented tennis state in Queensland. Queensland keeps producing great talent. Can you give me a bit of a, an idea, Tally, of your journey? You're just 12. When did you first pick up a racket and, and love the great game that we all love and everyone listening in here tonight? Oh, I was probably about three or four when I first picked up a racket. Um, my inspiration was my dad. He was a great tennis coach and um, we would just go out to a public court in Redland Bay and then just have a hit and then I started enjoying it and become it like actually became my life and then from there I started enjoying it and my dad thought I had a special gift so then he tried to pursue that and he had a lot of faith in me and every day he would just go out in the tennis court for hours and hours and try to improve me so I'm very um, thankful to have a gifted coach because he made me the person I am today. So he's yep. just a great inspiration. Yeah, family so yeah. so important, isn't it? I mean, in an individual sport, those those people around you, family, uh, friends, uh, you know, as you get into your yeah. tennis journey, there'll be more people that, you know, come aboard in uh, in, in coaching and, and the support staff. I mean, they're just so important, aren't they, Talia? Yeah, they are. They're very important, actually. I play the sport because of that. Yeah. And my mum's also very amazing and my brother and all my animals. Like, I just find my family really connects me in the game and Brilliant. I do it for them. Brilliant stuff. You're the third-ranked uh, female born in 2008. So so just give me a, a, a bit of an idea at the moment how you're combining tennis with an education. How, how does that all sort of work? Um, well, I'm actually enjoying schoolwork, actually. So I find, like, growing up, I wasn't really used to it. I always found schoolwork difficult. But now I'm actually studying well and I'm enjoying school. So I feel like tennis actually helps you in schoolwork too, in a way. So you kind of benefit from schoolwork by playing a sport. It's just good to have that combination of both education and physical activity. Yep. No, brilliant stuff. So how many many times are you sort of hitting in a week? How many times are you at on a tennis court? Or maybe four to five days a week, yeah. sometimes six, depending on the weather and what my plans are. Yep. No, great yeah, stuff. and only about a few hours. Give, yeah. give, give us a bit of a feel for your game too. I, obviously, I, I can't say I've set eyes on you. I wish there had been a live yeah. stream of uh, Canberra uh, last week, but give us a, a bit of a feel for the way you play. Um, I like going for my shots. Um, always trying to take the first attack with my game. I like opening up patterns and varieties and moving my planet around. Yep. The court. Yeah. I like the sound of that. Um, (laughs) Who do you love watching? Do you watch much tennis on TV? I mean, it's hard not for all of us to admire a a fellow Queenslander, in your case, Ash Barty. Yeah, I love her. She's like a great, a great idol, actually. She's um, a great, like, person on and off the court, and I really, like, respect her, and she's just amazing, like be around and especially her mental toughness like she's really strong I don't know like yeah it's just amazing do you like flying like on an airplane yeah yeah actually I enjoy that yeah well the reason I ask is if you do kick on uh, for Aussie players there's a lot of flying around the world playing tennis so you gotta like flying yeah I love flying I like traveling yeah well 
that is doing uh, it since that, young age. That's a good combination. If you like flying, then uh, uh, tennis and you are going to have a happy uh, partnership. Hey, great to have a, a chat to you. We're going to keep an eye on your name. We mentioned Cruz Hewitt winning the last uh, last week the under twelves. Uh, Charlie Camus from the ACT and Lily Taylor won yeah. the under 14. So there's some good talent. A lot of players yeah. have kicked on after winning uh, the Claycourt Championships uh, to go on and have great careers. So, Talia, beautifully spoken at the age of 12 and uh, a pleasure to have you on the show tonight. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me on the show too. It's a pleasure great talking stuff. to you. Talia, I think she could come in and host uh, next week. We might uh, put a little uh, follow-up call. Uh, beautifully spoken, passionate. And I've got a photo of her in front of me here with the trophy uh, last week that she lifted uh, amongst uh, three other uh, great competitors. We'll take a break. Uh, plenty more to come. Happy to take your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six or on the Tennis Direct text 0433981116. Of course, you can uh, order with Tennis Direct as you are listening to us tonight. Use that promo code first serve 10 You'll get 10% off. Uh, free delivery if you order over $150 worth. You're going a couple of rackets. Uh, fast delivery, great prices. Tennisdirect.com.au. First serve tennis sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Green Life Group. Your open space specialists. At glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. Certainly love having some blessed sunscreens on board. GLG, uh, Michael, uh, you've said it beautifully. What a very well-spoken young sports person. Great to have uh, Talia Kikinis, under 12, Australian Junior Clay Court Championship winner. Uh, last week from the mighty tennis state of Queensland. They're doing a lot right up there currently with the uh, world number one Ash Barty who will be in Stuttgart uh, this week. Uh, much closer to home, uh, the Tennis Victoria pennant season this is hard-fought uh, competition, is about to get back underway. And there's some changes. And we told you about some of those changes at thefirstserve.com.au a few weeks ago. Uh, Tyler Crumholz is the competition's coordinator at Tennis Victoria. Tyler, it's great to have you making your debut on the first serve. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on, Brad. I'm sure it's not every day you have someone on at Park Recreational Center. I'm liking the dulcet tone. So we're, we're, what's the background? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm from, from the States. I moved here about five and a half years ago, actually. Where are you from? Uh, from Minnesota. Nice. So really cold, north central, lots yes. of indoor tennis. Yeah, I bet. Tell us yeah. about the uh, the pennant season. I think it's all kicking off very shortly. I mean, 2021 is the 138th year of competition, so likely one of the oldest tennis leagues in the world. Just give us a, a feel for what's in store and some of the names that are going to be uh, running around. Yeah, well, uh, you hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, Pennant is one of the, probably the oldest competitions in the world. We're so excited to have it going again this year after after missing last year. You know, it really could have been maybe the first year we've we've missed in the 138 years that's been on. So, um, so yeah, so we've got the season starting this weekend. Uh, we've made a we've made a big change, uh, kind of in response to COVID. So you know, COVID being the big change interest that it is. Yep. Um, We've decided that uh, you know if there's a lockdown during the season, uh, that could wreak havoc on our on our regular singles one week, doubles the next format. So we're we're trialing out something different this year. We're going to try to have uh, singles and doubles on the same week. So that's a that's a big change for pennant players. Um, so you know we're we're looking forward to seeing how it goes, and we're looking forward to 
uh, to getting lots and lots of feedback after the season is over. Yeah, no doubt. So mostly Melbourne-based, but you also got teams from Geelong, Macedon, Kilmore to Rosebud, for those listening in Victoria who know their uh, geography. So uh, some very yep. high-level uh, plays here. We're talking sort of grade one. I mean, I'm looking down. Greg Jones, who played oh, on the tour, who's been running around, one of uh, Koo Yong's favourites. Uh, Joy Corbett, gee, I haven't yeah. seen that name. Uh, for uh, a little while, uh, playing as well, and, and quite a few others. Young Amy Stevens, who had the pleasure of interviewing at Kuyong last year, who's uh, got a lot of talent. That's right. Yeah, we have some really strong players playing. Uh, Andrew Whittington is another one you would definitely be familiar with, uh, former AO doubles semifinalist. Um, you know, who else? Uh, uh, Lewis Miles is number one at Glenburn. Uh, that's the team that won a couple of years ago. So, you know, uh, Glenburn is our returning men's grade one champ. And then... Um, uh, Bumaris Lawn is our is our grade one uh, champ from a couple of years ago for the women's side. And they've got Monique Berry, still is their number one player. She's another young, up-and-coming, really, really strong player uh, on the women's side. We've also got a couple of players that used to be, you know, around 200 in the world. Uh, P.S. Uh, Wonkachai, I'm not sure if you'd be familiar with her or your listeners would be. She's a former Fed Cup player for, for Thailand. Um, Lisa Wyburn is also, you know, right around 200 in the world, and she's She's a former UK player, now a coach in Melbourne. So, yeah, some really, really strong players. Um, you know, we're we're absolutely really looking forward to seeing the the level of play out there again. It's it's an incredible level of talent that plays in this league. I think, um, you know, you name any any sort of Victorian-based top player, and yep. they've probably played pennant in their in their past. Uh, no doubt. Yeah, it's a, it's a great competition. Also, no, uh, the Cruz Hewitt uh, is going to be playing uh, grade two yeah. as, as a twelve-year-old. Yeah, that's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge for him, that's for sure. But I'm sure he's more than more than up to it. Uh, so that's gonna be a really interesting one. I can't imagine there's too many twelve year olds that have played at that grade two level before. It's uh, it's it's really really a strong level of play. Um, so yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how he goes. And um, yeah, we'll uh, I'm sure the the teams will be looking forward to that challenge. Great stuff. Tyler, how do we follow all the pennant news, uh, which starts, as you say, this weekend, all the way through to the finals in August and uh, September? That's right. Well, you know, follow uh, Tennis Vic on the socials, so both Facebook, Instagram, and then uh, also on our, on our pennant website, on the Tennis Vic website. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll make sure we capture that. We might speak to a few of the competitors uh, throughout the year as well. Hey, Tyler, really appreciate the update. Uh, uh, what is the... Do you keep an eye on Minnesota? What would that temperature be in Minnesota right now, you reckon? Oh, warmer than here, actually. You know, they're coming into That's they're true. coming in That's summer. True. So yeah, they've had some good warm days that actually is, recently. That is true, and but we don't really have the I don't know I don't, we haven't really had a cold winter last year. I didn't think it was uh, that cold. So uh, there's something going on uh, down here in this uh, part of the world. Tyler, thank you. We'll keep in yeah. touch. Thanks very much, Brad. Appreciate it again. Tyler Crumholes, uh, Tennis Victoria Competitions Coordinator, pennant backers, uh, outstanding. Just before the break, I just wanted to do a little Aussie stock take of Monte Carlo. We didn't get to get to this a little earlier. Alexi Popram qualified second round. My goodness, he should have won that match against uh, Luca Pui. 3-1 up in the third. 79, so he's at career-high ranking. Millman, frustrating day against Christian Garin. Very good clay quarter. Uh, went out and straight. Tomo, we know he wears his heart on his sleeve, Jordan Thompson. He was frustrated from first ball to last against Fabio uh, Fornini, winning that one three and three. So it's another level to go up against a couple of these guys. And Demonor out to first round to my man, Davidovich Fokina. Uh, tight one, as always, with the Demon, six four seven six. So he's not firing on all cylinders, but he's not losing any ground with the way the rankings are at the moment. So he still sits inside that top 30. Going to get across to the UK next here on the first serve. 
First Serve Tennis Sunscreen. A quality Australian-made sunscreen to protect those that love their tennis. At sunblessunscreens.com.au And GLG Greenlife Group, your open space specialists. Providing landscape, horticultural and environmental services throughout Australia. At glgcorp.com The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the first serve. Brett Phillips with you on this uh, Monday night. Just a little mention, uh, Thanasi Kokonakis and how he's travelling. So back-to-back quarterfinals on the ATP Challenger Tour. I've watched quite a few of his matches in the last uh, couple of weeks. He's going okay. I think we should just be thankful that Thanasi is out on court at the moment. If he can just string some weeks together. So the Aussies are away now for a while, and I'm sure those quarterfinals will start turning into semis and turning into finals. He's... Uh, better than a lot of the players in his field, but he's just getting more and more matches under his belt. So we'll keep an eye on uh, Thanasi. Uh, Alexander Vukic uh, made a quarterfinal of that tournament as well. Uh, a lot of our Aussie men uh, heading to Barcelona this week. Thompson up against Gasquet. Demonor's got the bye. Uh, we've got uh, Milman and also Poprin, of course, who will be in Belgrade over there in Serbia. Uh, Matty Ebden will play in Tallahassee in Florida uh, this week. So he'll play the challenger there, also in the doubles. And quite a number of the Aussies heading to Rome. So Bolt, Kokonakis, Vukic and uh, Bernard Tomic. In fact, uh, Dan Evans, just on that, uh, the player that Bernard Tomic and his dad said wasn't good enough to be his practice partner. World number 26, semi-final of uh, Monte Carlo. Uh, he is uh, going very beautifully, uh, Dan Evans. Uh, let's get across to uh, Josh Gavlich from, uh, of course, BT Sport over in London. Sports journalist. He's formerly worked at Fox Sports in Australia and in footy. He's going to be our eyes on the ground at Roland Garros at the end of May. Josh, uh, great to have you on the first serve. Oh, great to hear from you again, Brett. How are you going tonight? Uh, we are going uh, beautifully over here, racing through an hour as we do, trying to fit the world of tennis into uh, one hour. But you're much closer to the ground over in Europe. We might just start with Roland Garros. So we know the tournament has been uh, pushed back a week, hoping that uh, France can uh, come out of uh, the back end of this uh, third lockdown in, in good nick and that crowd numbers can get to Roland Garros. So what's some of the latest news you're hearing on that front, Josh? Well, that's the hope. I mean, I think a lot of people were surprised when the tournament was only pushed back by a week, given the circumstances in Paris and in France in general at the moment. They had 35,000 cases on Saturday and again on Sunday. So the situation there is not great. So I can't... Many don't expect them to have a lot of fans. We saw last year Nadal won that tournament with 1,000 people in the stands, and it was just quite... It wasn't what we expect. Obviously, the world's changed in the past 12 months. But I think mm. at this stage, they'll be lucky to have any any fans in the stands, given their current situation. So that's where it sits at the moment. But they are hopeful. There's just been so much unrest in French politics in the last, really since the pandemic started, with the way they've dealt with everything in terms of COVID. And then the vaccination process has really been a blow for, for international sport, especially a major event like Roland Garros and, yep. and the Tour de France, which is in a similar boat. So, yeah, that's where that sits at the moment. But fingers crossed we'll see a lot more than a 1,000 fans a day. But right now the feeling is that they'll be lucky to have anyone there for the first day of the tournament. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Uh, Josh with us, thanks to Yarra Tennis Coaching. Of course, Shane Scrutney's a beauty. Uh, YarraTennis.com.au. Give Shane a call, 0414-373586. Best coach in the business out there at Eaglemont Tennis Club. Uh, Wimbledon, that's the other one. Uh, where, where does Wimbledon sit uh, right now? Because it was 
never going to be the case of them missing out two years in a row. But how's, how's it looking, the situation in London? Well, the situation in London is so much better than almost everywhere else in Europe, especially compared to Paris. So there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of faith that they can have at least up to 50% capacity for this tournament. They're not going to go early and, and, and promise that, but they're planning on having 45,000 people to the semi-final stage of the Euros at Wembley. So yeah. that's that's 50% of, of what they can host. Boris Johnson's been out there and said that they could have 90,000 people, which seems crazy when you think there's no one at a Premier League game right now. So that seems a stretch. But I think the All England Club are... are planning on having 30% as, as a minimum yep. and and rising. So that would be a great result if you have any more than 30% this year. Uh, we hope uh, there are certainly uh, crowds. It'll be very, very strange to see uh, no crowds at Wimbledon. I, I've got to say, I'm a, a little jealous. Uh, I've got to say, not been able to go back to Wimbledon uh, for this year. Um, feet firmly planted on the ground here in Melbourne. I just wanted to ask you, before I leave you, Josh, Ash Barty, I mean, we talk about her a lot and there's been... You know, certainly a lot of discussion around her holding on to the world number one ranking in the past uh, 12 months. So what's uh, what's the perspective and where you are over there on the other side of the world? Well, it's funny, Greg. Every time her name comes up at BT Sport, people have this scepticism around her status as the number one player in the world because of what she chose to do last year. And she wasn't alone. A lot of players missed out on, on tournaments given the health situation and the landscape of, of COVID. But given what Naomi Osaka did in the second half of the year. There are a lot of Brits over here, and we've got a few people from the States that we talk to quite a bit in the newsroom, and they think that the party doesn't deserve to have the number one. But what she went out and did in Miami a couple of weeks ago, beating four top 15 players and going all the way, I think really was, was, a, was a statement when you, when you think about it. I loved how she addressed the questions after that tournament. I'm not sure if you heard how emphatic yeah. she was about, yeah. it's all noise you know, to her. She doesn't have anyone that she needs to go and prove a case to. But she made a really big statement there. And I'm looking forward to seeing her play in Stuttgart this week. I think the field there's a big test, especially on the clay. So it'd be a really good read to see how she's tracking heading into Paris. Uh, no doubt. I mean, the reality is she's not going to win every week. The WTA Tour is uh, too tough. But she is still the one to chase. Her game at its best is at its peak, uh, very, very hard to deal with, with uh, for a lot of the players on the tour. Josh, I uh, just want a little, uh, this is a touching, uh, just a little bit tonight. We'll do a lot more in the build-up to Roland Garros. Uh, you're going to be on the ground for us in Paris uh, this year, and uh, we'll certainly keep in touch and keep an eye on all uh, your work on BT Sport. Thanks very much, Brett. I'll chat to you again soon. Josh Gabalich uh, joining us, formerly of Fox Sports uh, here in Australia. I'm just going to bring in uh, Jed Zetson, my right-hand man here, because an Australian is off the radar uh, playing over in Tunisia. A lot of rain in that part of the world, Jed, the last few days. But Alexandra Osborne, who's got a really interesting story, will tell this on Aussies Only in the next few weeks, has just uh, been playing in a doubles final on the ITF tour. Yeah, she has. And they actually won the title, uh, Ali, together with Paige Hurrigan, um, a Kiwi player, beating a Belgian duo, Chelsea Van Hoot and Magali Kempens. They won 4-1, unfortunately, the Belgians withdrew uh, with injury midway through the final. Okay, so she follows us on Insta. We follow her, giving her a bit of publicity because a lot of the players at that level are that far off the radar. But we're going to tell their stories on the first serve right throughout the year. Thank you, Jed. The ATP WTA World Rankings on Monday, as of Monday the 14th of June, will now be used to select eligible players for direct acceptance into the men's and women's singles and doubles for the Tokyo Olympics. So push back a week. 
with a change of date to Roland Garros. So the Olympic tennis event will be 64 in singles, 32 uh, teams in the doubles, 16 teams in the mixed uh, event, each nation limited to a maximum of six men and uh, six women. So all that to unfold over uh, certainly uh, the next uh, couple of months. Uh, thanks to our very good friends at uh, ASTE, A-S-T-E.com.au. They're Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction uh, specialists. We are uh, just about done. Uh, how good was young Talia Kokinas? Well, keep an eye on her, the under-12 clay court champion. She could almost come in and host the show uh, next week. One of the most well-spoken young people we've ever had on uh, this show. Keep an eye on our website throughout the week. Uh, plenty of Aussies right around the globe. On the clay now, building up to Roland Garros, thefirstserve.com.au. Keep an eye on all our socials as well throughout the week. We'll keep you updated with every Aussie that is playing and all the big news. We'll do it again next Monday night. Hit them well during the week. Stay safe. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.